Talk with the sisters. I'm Karen. And I'm Regina. And we are here to talk TV. Yes, we are back for a second season and we are ready to pull you guys into some shows that we have enjoyed. Yes, but this season we're going to talk about things and how representation matters. What you see and the way you see it matters to you. And there's a couple of shows we want to talk about that we think provides positive representations of women, men, and different diverse communities. Uh, we're going to start this very first show, or this first show, talking about heroes. Now, one of the things you need to know, probably one of the very first shows starring an African-American woman began in 1950. This show was called Beulah. And it was about a housekeeper. Originally, it had starred Ethel Waters, but she didn't work out. And um, Hattie McDaniel was going to take over the role. And I think she did about a month of episodes, and then she got sick. And finally, Louise Beavers took over the role of Beulah. And she became this housekeeper who worked with a white, a white family. And this was a comedy. But, you know, African-Americans were excited about this show because for the first time, here was an African-American woman starring in a TV show. And it was just kind of like, whoa! Now, <laughs> I had Regina watch this show and she was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, using your 2020 mind to watch a show from 1950 with black people takes a lot. Let me just put that out there. It takes a lot. So I actually... Found Beulah episodes on YouTube. And so I watched a couple. And of course, the first thing I thought was, my goodness, what in the, what is, what in the step and fetch it minstrel show is this? And let me just say, Amos and Andy, yes, that famous Amos and Andy, was a contemporary of this show. So these are the type of characters that the way African-Americans were portrayed in the 1950s. But you know what? They were so happy to have black people on television. It was just like, we're on television. They didn't care what they was doing. Because Mama used to love Amos and Andy. She just, yeah. because it was black people and they were funny. Yeah. And it was just like, yes, that's us. Because representation really mattered to her. Yeah. Now, I can see, I can see... Um, why they would have loved this. Beulah was a housekeeper for a white family and she was dating a, a black guy. I think he owned a garage, worked at a garage. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a, a good friend who was also a housekeeper in the neighborhood. And that was played by Butterfly McQueen. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And so it was, it was really, 
It was really interesting to see. Once I got past all of the, what in the world is this? I, I said, okay. So, I mean, the premise to me was Beulah was uh, the housekeeper for the family, but she also took it upon herself to make sure this family kind of operated or functioned in a certain way. So she was always getting into certain situations because of things that she thought should happen. And I think one episode she thought the the wife was pregnant, so she went out and did this whole baby shower and the woman wasn't even pregnant, but it was just Beulah thinking she was pregnant and I mean it was it's stuff like that that she does that she gets herself in the middle of and then has to work her way out of. And so I can see that being a show that people could relate to because my mother who, or our mother, who was born in 1936, one of the first jobs that she had was she was a maid. She worked at different motels and stuff as a maid before she went to nursing school. So I can see black people not having a lot of um, jobs to choose from, seeing somebody there, kind of representing them and right. the frustrations and the laughs and all the stuff they have to deal with. Right. So I can see how that would appeal to them. But I'm telling you, if you're going to watch Bueller, you need to leave your 2020 brain in the in the room somewhere. Because I was like, what in the world is this? I mean, it, it's just a lot of, you know, black people with the bug in their eyes and, oh, Lord, and all of that. And I thought, oh, oh, and oh. <laughs> And as my as Patty McDaniel say, I would much rather play a maid than be a maid. And I can see that. And I can see that. And that's why I said I have to leave my brain here, but I can understand how they could relate to it. I can understand yes. how they can relate to to Beulah. And I mean, and for me, honestly, I mean, I don't know if it got any better when I watched Julia, which is the second show we're gonna talk about, but yep. I mean, I think you may have enjoyed Julia a little better than maybe I did. Well, Julia, for me, I remember Julia as a kid. And Julia was a show that came on from 1968 to 1971. Mm -hmm. And it was starring Diane Carroll, uh, Lloyd Noel, no Noel, Lloyd Nolan as the doctor she worked for, and Mark Copage as her son. Okay. And it was uh, 86 episodes, three seasons. And Julia was this beautiful African-American woman who, you know, portrayed a nurse. You know, and, and I remember being a little kid going, that is what I want to be. And that is why representation matters. Because I could see it. I could want to be it. Now, later on, I got into that whole body fluid thing, and I was like, no, nah, I can't mess with other people's body fluids. So that whole nurse thing went way south for me real quick. But <laughs> seeing Julia there in this professional, you know, garb, in this, it was just like, yes, that is what I want to do. That is what I want to be. And up until this point, little girls like me, the only jobs we saw were the maids. And pieces of, you know, jobs where it was all about service. We didn't really get to see, you know, doctors and lawyers. And as we'll talk about later, those things actually existed then, but it wasn't anything that was ever portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
when I saw Julia, again, you can find the episodes on YouTube. When I watched Julia, I was struck, number one, by Diane Carroll, who's absolutely stunning. Stunning. Just just beautiful. Oh, yes. my goodness. Yes. I, and it started, what, in 68? Yeah. So, I mean, I was maybe a year old when it started. Mm-hmm. But to see her on TV, I know that was a source of pride for yes. black people. Yes. Because, baby, she was doing the thing. I yes. said, look at her. But the one thing I didn't like, and I, I don't know why they did this, but the one thing I didn't like is she was a widow. Yes. I would have loved to have seen a black family. You know? Right, right. Now, I'm, I'm glad they didn't make her, you know, just single parent with a deadbeat husband or whatever. I'm glad we didn't go that far. Right. But the fact that she was there and she was raising her son and she was working as a professional. Yes. I thought, and her, her apartment was was just knocked out. I was like, okay, Julia, you're looking good. Now, of course, the um, my ch- I have well uh, background in child welfare, so watching the show and her leaving that little boy at home while she goes to work, now I said, all right, Julia. Now, all right. Now, you need to find Big Mama or Aunt Lou or uh, your Girl. play cousin or somebody. You're leaving this little boy home by himself. Yeah, please. They used to leave us at home alone. <laughs> well, now that was overnight while they run here or run there. We wasn't at home all day. This little boy's home all day while she go to work and the white lady downstairs check on him. Now, Julia. Now. See, nowadays she did that. They've been to remove that little boy and Julie be, Julie be working services trying to get her kid back. No, girl. I said, what is this? What's this madness, Julie? You turned off your 2020 eyes. I, t- I turned off my 2020 eyes. Because you know people left kids at home alone. There was a the lot time. of turnkey kids, but this boy looked like he was maybe, he hadn't even started school. So maybe he was five. Mm-hmm. But what she would do was the lady downstairs had a little boy. And so the, the, little, the little white boy would come up and play with him and she'd check in on them all day. And so I thought, okay, this is weird. But again, my 2020 brain is because they, you know, they weren't so worried about Mm -mm. kidnappers or molesters or predators. They were probably still out there, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't anything folks talked about. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, now it is. But I I just like the whole look of the show. Let me just say that. The whole look of the show was just like. All right, let's do it, girl. You yes. looking good. I mean, yes. it, it was. And she was smart, and she held her own. And, I mean, one of the episodes I watched, and I thought, look at these writers. So I really wonder about the writers of the show. One of the episodes I watched, her son and this little, the little white boy, I don't forgot his name, LJRJ something. Mm-hmm. They were out shining shoes to raise money because they wanted to buy this toy. Mm-hmm. And Julia was mad about it because she said she worked too hard for her son to be out shining to be outside his shoes. And her husband left enough life insurance money for this boy to go to school later, college, and uh-huh. he wasn't shining no shoes. And from the time black people got here in 1619 in James, I said. When you look at her throwing out the black American facts back in the 60s and early 70s, she says from 16, 19 to blah, 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 black people always had menial jobs and this and that, and I don't want my son to. And, of course, the little white lady kind of snapped back and said, well, you know, it's only menial if we make it menial. 
They just trying to work to raise money for to buy a toy. They just working. It's not like this is going to be his life forever, Julia. And eventually she relented and let the little boy shine the shoes and stuff. But I thought, I love that. I yes. love the fact that in that instance, she took that situation to say, no, this has been our history and this will not be my child's future. I'm planning for my child's future. And for black people just to hear that. Yes, in 1968 or 1971. Yeah, that we're not going to be doing this no more. I said, I like that. See? I like that. But it only lasted three seasons. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah. So, Julia, you know, I can get past a a child abuse-like tendencies leaving this kid at home by itself. Cause she was she was spitting some knowledge. She was spitting some knowledge. But yeah, and and so this is where we're coming from. We've had these shows starring women, and this is what has represented the community. And as you can see, as as our the uh, the actress say, it needs menial jobs. Yeah, it's like this is what this is who we are. Yeah. This is what we've held up, and this is what we've aspired to because this is all we've seen. Yeah. Otherwise, we've kind of had to be like, you know, kind of like I love Lucy and be like, well, look, if Lucy could do that, I'm sure I could do that, too. Yeah. Even though she she don't look like, like me. me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I could try that. Yeah. And that's the beauty of that's the beauty of, of, of TV mm-hmm. is it shows you it takes you outside of your bubble. Right. And say, hey, these things are going on in the world. You they do it. You can do it, too. So, yeah, for that. Like I said, the, the presentation of Julia was awesome to me. Yes. And so, but these, this is what we found. This is what we start y'all. And so these are the representations that what more than 60% of our population started with. Yes. Yes. And so this is where, and, and not just the black people, the white people too. This is what they've seen. Yeah. We have seen African-Americans in menial positions. Why should we think they could do anything else? Yeah. I mean, if the media doesn't, I mean, if, you know, television and news doesn't portray them any other way, why should we think that they can? Exactly. And that's why it's so important to have these shows and the characters, not just the shows, but the characters. characters. Because the white doctor that she worked with, he treated her with the same level of respect that he did the other white nurses. Yes. So yes. it was like dignity. Right. And he had the exact same representation of them, right? Yeah. There the was dignity. there was dignity. Yeah. And there love was that. yeah, dignity and integrity. And integrity. I love that. Yes. I love that. And strength. Yes. And yes. so the way we're we're gonna um balance this out. And so, well, okay, let me do this before I jump to where we're going is I want to say you, we've given you the representation that African-Americans had, Yeah. but one of the, probably one of the most powerful things that for me that Mm -hmm. talked about the presentation of Anglo or white Americans is leave it to Beaver. I see the June Cleavers. I see the, you know, the pearl necklaces and the aprons Mm -hmm. and always polishing her silver. And so this is the image of the white mom. Mm-hmm. Versus the image of the African American mom. Yeah, it is. And so, Be- Leave It to Beaver was 1957 to 1963, you know, with Jerry Mathers, Tony Dow, Barbara Billingsley, and Hugh Beaumont. Yeah. And of course, that lasted 235 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, you have this really, you have this image of what 
white America looks like. And you're saying this, this, this. And I'm seeing, wow, that's what they get? Yeah. <laughs> we don't get that. Now, we... How do we get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One line I get into for that. Yeah. 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 Now, we, we wouldn't. We wouldn't get that. And you know, I love Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. That, that's one of those shows yeah. like with uh, Lucy yeah. that you just watch because yeah. we didn't have much we could watch right. back then. But you didn't see nobody who looked like us on Beaver. No, nah, Beaver didn't have no black friends. Beaver, what? Nobody black in that town? Well, nobody black in that old town. Because you know, Beaver had a black friend. Beaver black friend would tell him, you bad. My mom said, I can't play with you no more. Because <laughs> listen, it wasn't until I got older that I realized Beaver was bad. <laughs> Beaver was always in some. And and Ward and June was neglectful. They didn't do girl. She was too busy polishing that silver. And there and cooking Ward something to eat. And this boy crossed town with his head through some doggone bars. How he get over there? And why you weren't watching him? Was stealing somebody's dog or cat. He always out there doing something. His tail. Your daddy got a job, boy. Why you out there acting this way? Like, you ain't got no people. Yeah, Beaver was bad, but I still like Beaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you think about uh, Julia, that wouldn't have worked because I honestly don't see June out there hitting no pavement trying to work. If no. Ward would have died, they all would have gotten that casket with him because June don't look like she could have done nothing without Ward. She could have hit a lick and a stick and uh, said nothing, nothing. She don't look like she could have held it down. Not, and maybe that's the image they wanted to portray. It could be. Because they did the a good family. job. They did it. They I mean, did it. He was the head head. He did everything. Decisions, discipline, all of this. And you boys wait till your father get home. That's it. I mean, it was all of that. And maybe that's what they wanted to portray to the American family. That this is how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And so again, you have to take your 2020 brain out. And think, okay, well, maybe this is the setup they wanted. But I keep thinking, now listen, Lucy, if Ricky got, you know, where's his soul? If he'd have dropped dead, Lucy would have been like, okay, then, after, I'm going to have to get me a job now. You keep Ricky till I little Ricky till I get back. But June, oh, June would have been in trouble. June would have had to die with wood. I don't think June could have done nothing. Nothing, nothing. But hey, that's okay. That's true. That's true. And so we're balancing this portrayal that we've just, this picture we've just painted you against something that just totally changed everything for me. And that was Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Chadwick played some characters or he did, you know, his life was short, but it was very powerful. He played some characters. He showed us some stuff about our lives that I I just, it just, wow. It is. I think... Starting with when you start with Beulah. Yeah. And you come down through the years and you get to chat with. And there's a lot of stuff in between, guys. You don't need to email us or, or Twitter us or whatever. We know. But when you get to Chadwick and you see the representations he put on the screen. And the beautiful thing, the, the ones we've picked, y'all, are the ones of characters who live during these times. So when we start looking at Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. or when we look at... um. Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. These people lived during the time of Beulah and them, mm-hmm. and they were making impact during the time of Beulah and them, but we never heard their stories. No. No, not until, you know, we started getting good scripts yes. written about these stories. Yes. Because the stories that, that 
Chadwick told in 42, which is Jackie Robinson's story, and Marshall, thank Thurgood Marshall. He even did James Brown in Get, Get on, on Up. up. Get on up. And, and of course, Black Panther, who, you know, long as long as I'm alive, Black Panther is real. And I don't care what my sister say. Black Panther just as real as James Brown and Thurgood Marshall. But the portrayal he gave of these characters were one of dignity. Yep. And strength. And strength. And and honor. And integrity. And integrity. He commanded you. It's like his presence commanded you to pay attention to him. He, He would not. I think in Marshall there was a bit of them trying to make the uh the white character also maybe equal because they spent some time on his story too yes and uh but it never to me it never overshadowed what chadwick was doing right right because chadwick was such a presence and it told the story and like i said it told the stories of some people who at the same time that you know during these times that when we were only seeing the representation of maids and 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 service people, we were seeing we were we were learning about people who were doing way more than that. Yeah, I mean, who were impact impacting our nation. Yeah, or impacting the people. Yeah, and opening doors in places that we had not ever been before. Yeah, so that it took years for Thurgood's story to be told when he, you know, went on to the Supreme Court in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and you have Jackie Robinson from, what, the 40s? Yes. Playing ball. I mean, integrating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, baseball. Baseball. And, but those weren't stories that, I mean, they were in the newspaper, but that didn't translate back over to the TV. It didn't. It, it you didn't. were still seeing black people in subservient roles right. on TV. Right. So it was like, oh, this is, these are anomalies. These people are just anomalies. So it's so important for us to have, like Lucy and Desi, you need to have a hand in how you are portrayed. Yes. And that comes with owning, having some ownership, some some veto power. That's right. To say, this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. Like when, and and one of the things she alludes to with Lucy and Desi is that there were times when the network did not want Desi to speak Spanish. They didn't want to have anything Latin in there. They wanted him to kind of pretend like he was, you know, a, a regular white guy. And they went against that. They let him sing in Spanish. Matter of fact, we all be singing Babalu, don't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's like he went against that, and he 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 put his culture into it. And I think that's one of the things that I love about I Love Lucy is that Cuban culture that's wrapped up in it. Yeah, yeah. That it um, that it shows different communities. Yeah, and the fact that they owned it. They own the series was something. It was the reason why they could do that. Yeah, yeah. Desi Lu Production, they they own that. But you know, and again, Chadwick's character, Chadwick Boseman's characters, I think, gives African American men, women, and even you know, non black people positive role models. Right, because everybody sees it. Everybody sees those stories and goes, "Wow." Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I know it's drama, but that that impacts you. That yeah. story impacts you because you see it and you go, 
Wow. And it's like some of the images, like you and I were talking about get on up and some of the images that still stick with us, even though it's, you know, we've moved on in that section of movie, but that particular image sticks with you. Yeah. And so these movies, the things that Chadwick has done, he's left us some images that are going to stick with us for a mighty long time. Yeah. But they're images of people who look like me yeah. and who've made accomplishments that are beyond my imagination that are, are amazing. And that, you know what, it inspires me to say, you know what, I can go beyond too. Yeah. I think one of the beauties of them also is in, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the James Brown movie, Marshall and 42, each of those characters had to overcome some type of racism. And in order for them to be successful. And they did it with, with just, I mean, such a flair. Yes. You know, they, um, <coughs> excuse me, they didn't allow it to stop them or weigh them down. Yes. And for other people of color watching that, you can relate to that. Right. Because right. we've all had to face though, even in 2020, you have to face those demons. And it's like, look how James Brown handled that. Look how, Jackie Robinson handled that and how Thurgood Marshall. And then he gets the Black Panther and you're overcoming an enemy that looks like you. Right, right. And it's about how do you handle an enemy when the enemy looks like you. And so that, I think, is such a legacy for him and each of the characters that he picks. He He's showing us that there are ways to overcome these things. And, and I want to go back to the racism thing for a moment because, you know, a lot of times folks would like to just look right past that mm -hmm. and ignore it and say, you know what, we're not going to deal with that because that's a touchy. But you know what? Sometimes showing people how to overcome it mm -hmm. is bigger and better than just ignoring it. Yeah, I agree. Because when you think when you see Jackie Robinson out there playing basketball, you don't I mean, baseball, you don't think of all the crap he had to take in, in the, the, the locker room or as they travel to games. Right. And right. when you see James Brown, the hardest working man in show business, right. you don't realize all the crap he had to take coming up mm -hmm. to get to what you see on stage. And I love that they're telling that backstory. Right, right. Especially Thurgood Marshall. Yes. How do you present before a court that won't even listen to you? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, here's how we're going to come overcome this. Yeah. Here's, and you know, and so it was really cool being able to see all of these overcomers Yeah, and just giving us role models and giving us heroes and saying, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Yeah. If they can do it, I can do it too. Because you know what y'all representation matters. It does. It, it really does. And it's not just for black and brown people. White people need to understand that there is more to us than just the color of our skin. Right. So when you show the diversity of colors, of talent, of emotions on TV, then they get to know us better. They do. They get to experience it and see and not so much keep folks in a box. Yeah. Or maybe not even limit us to what they see on TV so that when they encounter people to not say, ha, I bet this is all that person can do. Yeah. And yeah. maybe they're open to more possibilities. Yeah. And so I am all in on all of these because it gives us a representation of what our people have gone through and what they had to deal with and where they're coming from and where they're going to. Yeah. I'm, of course, all in on Chadwick Boseman. All in on all his shows. I think he does a wonderful job. Now, Beulah, 
<laughs> I can take her or leave her. No offense. I can I'm take her or leave her. I understand where she coming from. Julia, I, I, I'm, I'm all in for Julia. I just got to, you know, deal with my own issues and her parenting. <laughs> I get it, girl. And, of course, Leave it to Beaver. I, I love Leave it to Beaver for what it is. Yes. I don't expect yes. anything out of Leave it to Beaver other than what I see. Right. So, I know if Ward dies, then they all going to die and I'm I'm over it. But I don't expect nothing from June and none of them. I think Beaver's a bad little boy, but it's funny. <laughs> so, that's where I'm at. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's where we are, y'all. And we hope you're going to enjoy this season because representation does matter. And so we're going to talk about a lot of shows and um, just kind of dive in on the things that these things teach us and what we learn from it, you know, as a woman, as a woman of color, as just a, a human being sometimes, just as a human being. And so we hope you will stick with us for season two of TV Talk with the Sisters. You guys have a good week. And hey, go on YouTube and check out some of these stories. You know, maybe it's just me. You guys may see Beulah and Julia and love them and think they're great. And that's okay. But check them out. Yeah. Check them out. It opens up your mind when you watch them. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good week. Stay tuned. Bye.